Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. It's the rhythm of my show
Everything Melodifestivalen. This is Melfest Monday. Tattoo med Loreen. Åttifem poäng! Det här betyder att vinnaren av Melodifestivalen 2023 är Loreen med Tattoo! So there we have it then. We finally know the winner of Melody Festival in 2023. You've just heard her there. Loreen finding out that she's won Melfest for the second time. And now she's heading to Liverpool to represent Sweden at the Eurovision Song Contest again for the second time. This is, of course, Melfest Monday. I'm James and Rob is here with me for the seventh and final time this year. Rob, hello. Hello. It's emotional, isn't it? It's the final Melfest Monday of the season. Thank you, everybody who's tuned in and been with us every single Monday throughout the duration of Melody Festival in 2023. And James, what a show we saw on Saturday night. What a show, what a great two hours of music, of entertainment, of just pure joy, isn't it? You know, we, we said this uh, after the first heat that we saw this year. It's always a great feeling when Melfest is back on the TV, but that feeling just ramps up a notch, doesn't it? When you get to sit down for the final and find out, as we say, who's going to represent Sweden at Eurovision this year. It's such a funny one, isn't it? Because I feel like at the start of Melody Festival and like heat number one, heat number two, We still have those super dark nights, like the night comes super early. But then by the time Melfest is is over, at least here in the UK, you know, spring is kind of here. We're looking ahead to Eurovision. Eurovision's just around the corner. And I feel like Melfest just takes us on that journey. And that's exactly what it did this year. It's given us a potential Swedish contender for Eurovision. Uh, spring is kind of here, as Rob says, sitting in London. I'm up in the northeast of England and I've got snow on the ground outside. You can, you can tell us a little bit of a difference. <laughs> At least you've got a slightly more Swedish authentic experience then. Yes, that is true. That is true. Uh, but yeah, we're here with you for the final time of Melfest Monday this series. Uh, we'll be joined by a few guests very, very shortly to debrief everything that happened at the weekend and look ahead to Sweden's chances of winning Eurovision for a seventh time as well. We've got all that and more still to come. Yeah, still plenty to come on this final episode of Melfest Monday. We will be chatting to Belek Fist a little bit later on. A huge favourite of ours here on the podcast and one of the English language commentators for SVT on Saturday night. And as well, it wouldn't be the final episode of the series without us chatting to Afton Blodick journalist Toby X. So he will be joining us very, very shortly. James, talk to me about your viewing experience then on Saturday night. What was the setup like? Because I got very sad thinking about you watching the semi-final last weekend because you were telling us you were watching it alone with a microwave rogue on Josh. <laughs> so what, what was the situation for the final? The, the, the curry situation was a little bit better because it was a proper pan-cooked curry. So we, we went up in the world a little bit. And yeah, we had um, I had my girlfriend with me, my brother, uh, a few others as well. So it was a nice family affair watching uh, watching Melfest on Saturday night. You were watching on a bit of a tape delay as well, I believe. You, you were tuned in this time. 
Honestly, it was a nightmare. I'm sure plenty <laughs> of you have found yourself in this situation before, but I was seeing a friend in the afternoon, which was lovely, but it overran, which meant that I worked out the timings when I'd get back home, and I realised that I'd missed the first 15 minutes. So I ended up watching it on a bit of a tape delay, trying to avoid social media to find out what was happening. Uh, but I had a burger. I had a lovely burger. It was a uh, it was a, a veg- vegetarian burger, uh, some, some roast potatoes, a lovely old time. Oh, and I should add, by the way, Rob, uh, before I watched the show, hopefully I was like uh, a lot of you who are listening at home right now, who had on the Melfest Monday party playlist, uh, because I did, it was getting us warmed up for the show, uh, and I know a few of you were definitely tuned in because you were tweeting us, uh, so thanks to David saying, uh, I've got this added to the library, this will accompany me as I cook dinner ahead of tonight's final, uh, and Sophie as well, she had the playlist on and said to you, Rob, that you were such a real one for including Timothy and Com in that playlist. Honestly, love, being a real one, whatever that means. <laughs> Settle down, you 30-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and David, as well, obviously, if you were mate, if you were listening when you were cooking dinner, what was dinner? Let us know at your trip podcast. <laughs> But yeah, it was brilliant. And I hope as well that everyone listened to the playlist, maybe not on shuffle, because if you listened in order, you would have got a brilliant dolly style double about halfway through, <laughs> which is exactly the sort of build up that you need for uh, for the Melody Festival and final. As James has already mentioned, Bellaquist, English language commentator, and also Toby Eck from Afton Blader is on the way very, very shortly. But first, shall we hear from listener Will? Do you remember he joined us last week when he had watched Melody Festival in the Swedish church here in London? And after our conversation, I said to him, Will, would you like to be our unofficial or indeed official Melody Festival and correspondent here on Melfest Monday? Well, it's exactly what he did. He headed over to Stockholm for the final, as he said he was going to. Having looked at his social media, he was very cold for the majority of it, as you will also hear in a, in a second. It was a very chilly weekend over in Stockholm, I know, for all of you who headed over there to watch the show. But here is what Will sent us. Here is Will's report as our Eurovision correspondent from outside the Friends Arena, just moments after the end of the grand final. Hello, Melfest Monday. I'm speaking to you from outside Friends Arena in Stockholm. And the first amazing thing I have to tell you is that I bought a ticket here on my own and somehow in a stadium of 20,000 people, a friend from the UK who I don't even know through Eurovision turned up and sat next to me. We had a good spot too, we were quite far back from the stage, but all the artists had to walk past and wait to us to get back to the green room. After what felt like maybe some lacklustre early heats, that was actually a really enjoyable final. It also seemed like there were loads more families here than ever, which is partly down I guess to the popularity of younger acts like Kiana, Teos and Marcus and Martinez. Now to give you some local flavour, I had a terrible hot dog in the arena and was told they'd run out of beer. And then as we were waiting for it to start, there were lots of instructions in Swedish that I didn't really understand about when to turn our phone lights on and when to wave our balloons. It was a great treat seeing Danny Saucedo performing his two big Melfest hits from a decade ago, even if he was once again overshadowed by a certain former Eurovision winner. And as I had perfected my heart dance, I was very happy with the bonus of some of Friends performing their old song in Friends Arena. I also really enjoyed the skit with the writers charging around the green room trying to keep up with all the artists they'd written songs for this year. It was a slightly strange atmosphere too, if only because the result was so inevitable. Panetos, Nordman and Teos all went down well in the hall, but there's no doubt as soon as she appeared that the crowd were there for a Marian coronation and that's what they got. They absolutely exploded when the result was announced and, and quite right too. Now it's uh, 9 degrees below zero outside here, so uh, 
I'm going to go and get a train before my teeth start chattering. Bye-bye. A huge thank you then to our self-proclaimed Eurovision correspondent. We proclaimed, we gave him that title on last week's podcast. Well, uh, outside the Friends Arena after the final on Saturday night, brilliant to get his thoughts. So, Will, thank you so much. And hopefully he got warm very shortly after speaking to us there. But now it is time for us to properly debrief after the grand final of Melody Festival. And there is only one person that we have to do that with. Hello from Afton Blada. You know who it is by now. It's Toby Eck. Toby, hello. Hey, how are you? Much better than you are, I imagine. <laughs> I haven't slept much. Uh, I was at the after party until closing and then some. Uh, and then I was up really early because I had another podcast to record and our, well, our own podcast. And then, then also, you know, reporting on everything that was going on at the after party. So I am kind of knackered right now. So, so <laughs> let's get this going before I fall asleep right in the middle of, of, <laughs> of this chat. I don't think anything's going to stop Toby from talking at length about Melfest and Eurovision. Not even like what two and a half hours sleep that you got on on Saturday night. Nothing is going to stop this. I I, I will go on speaking in in my sleep. If I fall asleep, <laughs> you won't notice because I will just keep on rambling. <laughs> Let's kick off then with a very open question, which is Melody Festival in twenty twenty three and the Grand Final specifically. How do you rate it? What did you think of everything that we saw on Saturday night? Well, as a whole, the whole six weeks, it's been an average year. But come Lorraine and we have a potential Eurovision, uh, at least a contender for the victory in Eurovision, and that kind of switches everything around. And I must say that that the final was... It, it wasn't one of the strongest finals I've ever seen, but it wasn't a bad final. It, there, there were 12 songs that deserved to be there. Several of them are already hits. And with the crown jewel that is Lorian and Tattoo, um, that, that's just amazing. But the show itself, oh, yeah, you know, we've seen this. Uh, I think Jesper and Farah did a, a, a decent job hosting. I... I think they, they brought it a little bit more, they, they made Melody Festival a little bit more for uh, the, uh, n- not as much as a kid's show as it's been the last couple of years. Uh, and um, the interval acts, I, they, they were all right, nothing, nothing special, but it, it was an exciting competition at least. Do you think Melfest this year has sort of been like a progression from the start? It's sort of been gradually going upwards from the first heat where it was getting maybe a little bit of criticism because of the, the song choices and the quality. But as we ramped up to the grand final on Saturday, it was just that gradual progression. Yeah. Yes. And but and I have a problem with that because I I think that there were some really great songs in some heats that never stood a chance uh, like in Heat Four, there were there were more songs there that deserved to be in the final than there was uh, songs that qualified to the final in Heat Two. Could you say then, Toby? Let's talk about Lorene. Could you say that Lorene saved Melody Festival in twenty twenty three? Without Lorene, would be would we be reflecting on it as we are currently? Do you think? I I don't think so. No, I I think without Lorene, it would have been an average or below just below par year. 
Uh, we would have probably had Marcus and Martinus, uh, the winners. Still a decent song, still a, an okay contender in Eurovision, but Lorraine is the... Um, she's magnificent, and it's it's just... I'm so amazed by her uh, appearance, her her voice, uh, her stage show, um, and and without that, uh, Melfest would have been a bit lackluster. Can we talk about her performance then and everything she brought to the grand final? Because, of course, she's the winner. You said there, Sweden, a real contender for Eurovision, which, of course, we'll talk about later on. But it felt to me, actually, her semi-final performance was probably more polished than the performance we saw in the grand final. Uh, when you say that, is this because you didn't see her for about 60 seconds during those, <laughs> yeah. those three minutes? Yeah. It, might, it might have something to do with the fact you couldn't see her for about a third of the song, yeah. Be- be- because if you listen to her voice, her performance is immaculate. Compared to, to her heat in Malmö, uh, where she, of course, uh, had the stage invader, so she had to kind of try to reverse everything and, and go for it again. Her singing wasn't as good uh, then uh, as it was yesterday um, or, or Saturday night. Um, but, of course, they have so much problem with the heavy smoke and the smoke uh, smoke machines uh, not... Uh, they're trying to time it so okay we have we have two minutes of preparations for uh, 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 for, for the scenography when uh, at, at what specific time do we turn on the smoke so that it's the exact right amount of smoke on the stage and how do we use the wind machines to direct the smoke uh, uh, on stage so that it doesn't get it become too much but then you also have Friends Arena with a um, ventilation system that kind of has its own life. And we've, uh, we've experienced this before in, in Friends Arena, that uh, stage acts with smoke, it doesn't really do it well there. And this is also something that I fear for, for Liverpool, because we don't know how... Um, uh, this type of smoke acts in there as well. And SVT says that, oh, it was because it was, you know, 27,000 people in the arena and, and that changed uh, how the smoke went because the ventilation acted differently. We no- now know that SVT doesn't even se- hasn't even sent the, um, the uh, uh, Lorraine's final performance to the EBU and to the Eurovision YouTube channel. But rather, they've they've sent an official music video, uh, which is rather her performance during the jury dress rehearsal, because that was uh, the smoke was still not perfect then, but it was much much better than than when we couldn't see her at all Saturday night. Now I feel like we will talk more about Lorene's stage performance later on. We will be looking ahead to Liverpool with Toby a little bit later on, and I know Toby broke a story on Saturday, which might be of interest uh, to you and, and Lorene, of course. Uh, but should we talk about some of the, I don't know, the breakout stars of Melfest this year who were in the final? Uh, Marcus Martinez, they were making their debut, finished second. Smash Into Pieces, making their debut, finished third. It's been a good year, hasn't it, for, for some of these debutants? And when you say debutants, they are Melfest debutants, but these are artists that, that have been going on. Marcus and Martinez are just 21 years old, and, but they've, they've had a career since they, they were in their early teens. But 
what they did now is to show what type of music they want to do as adult adult artists and that was i th- i think that's their victory with this they've they've gotten a hit in sweden and norway as well they they've shown a wider audience than they used to have as child stars because this was quite a mature sound wasn't it toby because oh, with them still yeah. being so young it could have they could have risked it and, and still sounded like they were targeting the, the younger audiences, but oh, this I, appealed I, to a lot of people. They're, they're just three years older than Teos, and they could just as well have done a song that, that were more similar to Teos, uh, because that, that is more similar to the sound they used to have. Um, so, so, uh, so, so this is, I'd say that, sure, they were a bit disappointed. They, they uh, you, you know, you go into a competition aiming to win uh, so they were disappointed by that but they at the same time they realized Lorian uh, was unbeatable and they are so grateful for for the success that their song is having and when it comes to smash into pieces this is a a rock band that has they are already touring the world they're, they're touring Europe as we speak well they might sleep today but they're probably going <laughs> back on tour tomorrow um, um, they, they, uh, in between their uh, their uh, heat and the final, they've been on tour in Europe. This has, of course, with Melfest and around three million viewers, they broadened their uh, their audience a lot. Uh, my mom li- loves their song. Uh, she's like. I like the rock song. Uh, it's probably because I can hear what they're singing. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that I like the rock song. Uh, and and I, I think they, they've really broadened their audience, but they, they are uh, a very active band with a fan base that is already international. And with this song, this is their, their, their biggest hit in Sweden. Uh, they have streamed quite well previously, but this is, of course, the first song that that is charting in the way as it is. And one of the biggest achievements, would you say, from Saturday Night was, in fact, one of the songwriters. This was a huge discussion we had on last week's episode of Melfest Monday with Gustav Darlander from SVT, in that uh, Jimmy Joker had six songs in Melfest this year. All six of them got through to the final. And three of them finished first, second, and third. I mean, that's a huge achievement, isn't it? He's tying in with uh, um, um, uh, Bobby sorry, Ungren, isn't Bobby it? Ungren, yeah, who in two thousand eight uh, achieved the same, uh, and um, it's it's absolutely amazing. And uh, he he is so well deserving of that, uh, and he's also such a great new addition to the Melfest songwriter collective. He has such a positive energy. Uh, he's so much fun to be around. Everybody loves him. So next year, I'm sure that he will be co-writing 28 songs in Melfest. <laughs> because everyone wants uh, because everyone wants to hang around uh, hang out with him. So he's going to be in every single songwriting room for Melfest next year, I'm sure. Well, the, the flip side of that coin then is that discussion that we have been having with, with Gustav on last week's podcast, and I know a lot of people have been having. Do we need new names? Do we need new songwriters in Melody Festival and to keep it fresh? 
because, of course, we are often seeing the same names, especially in the final, as well as, you know, we've already talked about Jimmy Joker, but, you know, of course, but, Thomas but, G-Son but, and, and other names like that. But, but remember that Jimmy Joker is a new songwriter. He joined the Malfest family a couple of years ago. Sure, he had one song competing in 2020. 10, if I'm right, I'm just some, some, some were ten, 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 more than 10 years ago, but but then he didn't join until until during the pandemic. Uh, so he is a new songwriter and uh, and he has understand understood how to write Malfest songs, so so he's been more and more successful in the competition. We, of course, absolutely need new influences, new names all the time, but they also need to kind of figure out that specifics that makes a Melfest song great. What we do lack in, in Melfest is the, the songs that has a roughness to it or, or crudeness to it that we see much more in Finland, for instance. Um, the, the songs that, uh, or, or um, um, Constructa's song in, in Eurovision last year, um, songs that, that stand out and are odd and a little bit uh, goofy or weird. We don't have a lot of that in Melody Festival this year. We had Jugitam, but uh, w- w- which, which was a standout song by Uya Brandelius. But we haven't for, for ages, apart from those small bits and pieces, had that type of songs. So, so I would wish for new songwriters to kind of try to to get that type of music in, uh, that would be great. But I don't have a problem with Thomas Gerson having several songs in the final because he's an, because his songs doesn't sound the same. It's uh, they're they're not the same songs. They are. It's a very very large variation. And look at Jimmy Yorkish, six different songs he did write. Uh, Smash into pieces. He wrote uh, um, Kiana's song. He wrote, he wrote uh, um, Lorian's song. He wrote Marcus and Martino's songs. They are all very, very different. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. So we will be back with Toby Ek very shortly to look ahead to Eurovision itself and see what we think about Sweden's chances of uh, potentially winning Eurovision for uh, a seventh time. But let's rewind again to Saturday night and chat to somebody who had arguably one of the best seats in the house. Uh, it's Bella Christ, one of the English language commentators for SVT. Bella, how are you feeling? We're uh, about 20 hours since the show ended as we're chatting now. How's the uh, how's the hangover? How's the head? How are you feeling? <laughs> um, I think you're very well aware that I'm not feeling my best at <laughs> this moment in time. <laughs> no, I'm very happy. I'm very tired, but very happy, full of emotion and so many experiences and flashbacks coming to me every second still there's so much to process from last night what an evening what a final I can't believe everything that happened we had Rylan in the booth at one point <laughs> did that happen like I've had to look back at my phone page just feel like it definitely did happen um yeah Lorraine won I mean the atmosphere in the arena was insane the amount of messages we received from lovely people from around the world i'm just so humbled and just in awe and um yeah wow i have no words <laughs> i i feel like melody festival and after parties have been an on-running theme of this series of Melfest monday this year so we've already heard from toby what the after party was like from his perspective but obviously you've already told us you're not feeling your best so what time was bedtime and what was it like for you uh, I think I got to bed about five, uh, bearing in mind it takes quite a while for me to get back to where I live, but um, when I left around half three, the party was only getting started, was my impression, I th- it was <laughs> off the t- honestly, so many people having an amazing time of course, uh, Jesper and Fada working the room, dancing around, and um, Jesper has the best dance moves, let me assure you, so funny, <laughs> and um all these acts like spontaneously bursting into like dance acts when their songs appeared. So like Emil Henron, when his song Mira, Mira, Mira came on, <laughs> he like did a spontaneous little performance on the dance floor. And uh, all the acts, of course, came back and did a, um, a performance on the stage that was in there in Banj, because it was actually in this like concept venue. Um, uh, so yeah, just really, really, really fun. Uh, yeah. Tell us about the commentary experience, Bella, because this was, what, the third time in a row that you and Olivia have done the commentary for the English language viewers? Yes, that's right. Yeah, so just, again, like, such an honour to get to do it, first of all. Um, but, yeah, super fun. Um, it's always the most, like, hectic days that you have because you get the script quite late because they finish it, obviously, for natural reasons. They, it needs to be really fresh. So you get it maybe Thursday, late Thursday, and then you have to... I have to translate everything and then, um, you know, think of jokes as well for us. And of course, before, during the season, I'm, I have a little like in my in my phone, like uh, notes with like potential jokes to use or bits to say about 
acts and things and you get these like lines come to you in the middle of the night you wake up and email yourself like that's a funny thing to say um maybe and then I try it on someone else and they're like "Hmm, yeah maybe not um but it's (laughs) um yeah so like it's all this prep and you in, in 48 hours you have to create this this thing essentially but I think I'm I'm so happy and so proud. I think we did a good job. I, I like that's my impression from what I've seen on people's reactions online as well. I'm very happy. It was so much fun to get to do with Olivia again, and uh, the fact that Ryland joined us in the booth, I just can't go over it. It was such a spontaneous thing, um, but really, really fun. You have to tell us about that now. Of course, we saw. On Twitter, I think it was a few days ago, Rylan was suggesting that he might think about going to, to Melody Festival. And, and then you kind of took it on yourself from there. So tell <laughs> yes. us the story. Yes, I saw it as my mission from that point. No, I just saw it come up on my Twitter feed that he was thinking about going to Melfest on his own. And I responded and I said, oh my God, come and like join us. We'll, uh, or, you know, come and say hi. We'll look after you kind of thing or say hi in the booth um and then he followed me so i wrote to him <laughs> directly hello uh do you want to come like um i hadn't even properly checked with anyone if this would be possible um and he was just like yes i'm great and then i still wasn't sure it was actually going to happen um but you know clearly he was here and we were thinking okay well, are we going to make it happen and i think it was on the day that we like still were a bit unsure uh, but SVT said, yeah, thumbs up if you want to do it, you know, we'll get a spare headset. Um, and then we were uh, chatting on uh, Twitter DMs throughout the show. Um, and so, But we hadn't had the chance to meet up before. So I, I was still like, is it going to happen? Is he going to show up? He was meant to come over during song 12, uh, but he didn't. So then we thought, oh, maybe he hasn't found us. It's quite, you know, it's a big arena. Like, what if he got lost or stopped somewhere? Or so we're wondering something went wrong, maybe. Uh, so we just kind of carried on as if we, he wasn't going to come into the booth. And then suddenly he was just there. And it was <laughs> uh, slightly chaotic for a moment. Um, and I haven't really dared listen back to what it sounded like. I hope it was <laughs> sort of okay um but uh so much fun he's such a star and he's such a warm person uh, just such a lovely person and he's so passionate about eurovision you can tell um so just an honor to have him uh as part of the show i'm just thrilled yeah and can we just talk about how much melfest is growing internationally you know you've got rylan coming over he's in the english language commentary box you and olivia are still doing that after three years i think in the uk as well melfest on saturday night was trending in the top five in the end on twitter i mean it just shows how much melfest is growing internationally as well doesn't it absolutely yeah i mean We've seen it from year to year that we had more and more tweets and people also saying, oh, I'm watching for the first time. This is really helpful with the English commentary. Um, so from our perspective, uh, I don't have the numbers, but um, we get a lot of people from a lot, like lots of countries, um, Malaysia, Mexico, like all over the place who were watching. So it, it definitely sounds that way. And, and as you say, like I definitely think it's picked up in the UK yeah, I feel like it's more popular than than ever, and TikTok and all these social media trends, I think, have helped. But you guys have noticed that, surely, as well. I mean, yeah. I think the three of us, and, and Olivia as well, of course, we're all in a similar boat in terms of, since we've started us doing this podcast, you and Olivia doing the, the English language commentary, we started doing it in 2021, 
and then of course the pandemic's still going on and we've seen how Melfast has kind of burst back onto the scene since since the pandemic which is so great to see and and Bella I was, I was just going through some of the the lovely messages that you got on social media last night I'll just read a couple out oh. James said loving Bella and Olivia spitting out pure facts on each entry that was <laughs> that was my favorite I think you said you were going to put pure facts didn't you say you were going to put pure yes, facts into yes, your Twitter bio I will I'm going to put it in my Twitter bio. I just forgot today <laughs> yes absolutely I'd love that <laughs> Also because I quite often get it wrong, so I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then there was another one, George tweeted and said, uh, these two commentators for the English commentary at Melfest are nothing short of iconic. If Graham Norton ever chooses to retire, they have to take over for the UK. I mean, would you ever come over, Bella? Would you ever cross the divide? <laughs> I, I don't even dare entertain the thought, honestly. That is too, those <laughs> words are too big. Like, that is amazing that even someone even thought that. I am honoured, honestly. Yeah, wow. <laughs> But uh, yeah, of course, I'd love to do that. What am I saying? That would be. <laughs> I was going to say, stop down playing it. You want accept the invitation it ever comes. Yeah. If the BBC are listening, you're keen. <laughs> uh, Bella, I must ask. I, I really want to find out what um, what some of your favourite moments were from from Saturday night. If we take away Lorene, because I know you would say Lorene to begin with. I think we all would. But from your vantage point, from your experience, give us some of your highlights from uh, from the final on Saturday. So this year, what was happening was that the artists, after they performed, did a little walk. Well, they always do, but like through the audience. And they were doing it in front of our booth this year. So we got to see them. So what was happening? We were talking about this act. I, I can't remember if maybe it was Maria Sur or someone. And, and suddenly, so I was banging on the on the windows of our booth. And I well, looked like I got really scared of what's happening. Look up. And it's Marcos from Marcos and Martinez. <laughs> who's just banging and like waving and going, ah! Like, <laughs> of those guys, I am so impressed with them. Such nice people, so lovely and just so friendly and all the time. And that made me laugh so much that they were, that, you know, they they were so keen to sort of say hi as they walked past. And a lot of the other actors did as well, actually, wave to us. And so like that sort of, it's such a friendly space as well. I think, you know, we always talk about this with Eurovision as well, but it's just such a warm and friendly and welcoming uh, arena. And um you you really get that sense behind the uh, scenes at Melfest as well. So that's one of those highlights for me, looking up and seeing Marcus just like waving <laughs> mad at us and trying to keep my composure and not go, oh, what just happened? Because I'm talking about something else that's, you know, equally obviously important for the viewers. So I don't want to interrupt it. But uh, <laughs> that was that was a fun moment. <laughs> so Bella then to wrap up looking ahead to Eurovision then we're going to talk to to Toby again in a second about Sweden's chances at, at Eurovision but I'm just you know keen to find out are you coming will you be in Liverpool that is the plan yep I've got a ticket for semi-final one the rehearsal number one so on the Monday which actually why am I even saying it it's the big sh- uh, show of the week I think it's called yeah is that what we're calling it <laughs> it's I the big on it. I think I think <laughs> The Eurovision bosses are going to call off Eurovision after that Monday night. I think they've already decided there's no point going further ahead. Uh, for anyone that hasn't listened, me and James have already talked about that's also the show that we've got tickets for. So it was meant to be, Bella, it was meant to be. Yes! We'll be reunited uh, together with Loreen in Liverpool. I can't wait! It's going to be the best. Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening. So this is, of course, Melfest Monday, the final Melfest Monday of the season here in 2023. 
Which means, of course, now that all eyes, now that Melody Festival is over, are looking towards Liverpool. Toby Eck from Afton Blada is back with us. Toby, we've already mentioned it. Lorene, of course, is going for her second Eurovision victory in Liverpool. What are her chances, do you think? Well, um, I think her chances are, are good. She is not a certain win, but uh, because there are certain other songs that are uh, that 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 might pick up and become favorites as well. Uh, we do have Finland's song, for instance. We can't forget about that. We haven't seen the UK staging yet. We don't know anything about that. Uh, and what happens with with Italy? Will he change his song? Uh, completely, or or what, what what will it sound like, and what will it look like when uh, when he shortens the song to three minutes? Uh, th- there are several um, competitors in Eurovision, but as a Swede, we of course support Lorien fully and really, really hope for that victory. But we are also worried and concerned about the stage act um, because the top part of her. Uh, of her stage elements, uh, the, the prop that is lowered from the ceiling, it weighs 1.8 tons. Can you tell me how many stone that is? Oh, f- uh, is, is this a test? I don't yes, think because I question. have no idea, but it's 1,800 on. kilos. It's 280 stone, if that makes any difference to anybody out there using Imperial. It, I'm, 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 I'm sure that a lot of your listeners are completely focused on imperial uh, uh, measurements. <laughs> Honestly, so, so that's we, why we can just say it's very heavy. I feel like that's all we need to say. It's very heavy. It's extremely heavy. Yeah, let's talk about this a bit more, Toby, because we've got to explain this to, to our listeners. This is a story you broke over the weekend, yeah. so just before the final, in that SVT might actually have to change Lorene's iconic staging for, for Eurovision itself. And this uh, uh, this is because the the arena in Liverpool or the arenas in Eurovision they have so much props and things in the ceiling uh, for lighting. They need the perfect lighting for thirty seven acts this year, but also for opening acts and interval acts. There are so much things going on during the years that I've covered Eurovision. We've encountered several times when the organizers have said no to um, stage props that are up in the ceiling because you you can't during a broadcast of eurovision you you there are there is no time to, to take something down from the ceiling to hang something else up you need everything to be up there from start till end and for something as heavy as lorian's prop 1800 kilos it, uh, it is highly unlikely that there is room for that in the, in, in the stage ceiling above, above the stage in Liverpool. And uh, for instance, in Tel Aviv in, in 2019, um, the Swedish act Jon Lundvik wanted uh, a light uh, to be mounted uh, in the ceiling, the, 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 same, uh, the same lamp as, as he used in, in Malifestvalen, but uh, he was turned down. He couldn't, so they had to have a, 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 a floor-mounted um, prop for that. I've, I've been in contact with the BBC. They haven't yet responded. I've been in contact with the EBU, and they say that SVT has, all, has, has gotten all the, um, uh, the measurements and all the stats that, uh, and all the requirements for 
uh, for the stage in Liverpool. So they should know what they can and cannot bring. Uh, SVT's uh, head of Melody Festival and doesn't want to answer, but he does acknowledge that, yes, we might have to change things. There might be a possibility to hang something up in the ceiling, but it might, it might not support something as heavy as this is. Uh, so we are counting on Lorraine having to change her stage act. Uh, on the other hand, she has um, uh, the guy that, has, has, uh, that kind of is the brain behind this, He's uh, an extremely talented light uh, light designer. And I spoke to uh, Lorraine's team last night and, and they were like, oh, we might not have um, um, a plan yet, but I'm sure that he already has 10 versions of how to do this differently, uh, but still get this kind of same effect. But of course, as a Swede, I'm counting on what I vote for in Melfest to see exactly the same, to look exactly the same in Eurovision because that's what I voted for. Uh, and it might not uh, it might not be. I'm very excited for Lorene's prop or whatever it ends up being uh, in Liverpool. I'm excited for that to be the new story because you, you remember last year we had Sam Ryder's prop for the UK, which I think half of it ended up accidentally going to Milan or somewhere else in Italy and it got lost. <laughs> I'm very excited for Sweden and Lorene's prop to end up in Manchester by accident or Dundee or Glasgow or something on the way. I'm very excited <laughs> for that storyline. We, we, we've already uh, been joking about okay will it be sent by by ship or by train or by 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 trailer or how are they going to do it and when do they need to start shipping it i think it's just big enough to be a boat by itself isn't it you could just chuck it in the north sea and just just ride on it across across paddle, to the uk paddle, paddle across <laughs> yeah i i can see lorian doing that as her kind of uh, um, way to kind of focus and relax after the victory. It's that like, let me just be on my own paddling my way to Liverpool, please. <laughs> but it, it could be multi-use. I mean, it could be her postcard. That could be her just <laughs> her just rowing her way across, paddling her way across on it. But also, obviously, we are we are after extra accommodation in Liverpool as well. So potentially, people can sleep under it as well if they need anywhere to stay. <laughs> Excellent ideas. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring them to her team and, and say that that's your suggestion. Toby, then shall we um, dare to dream, uh, as some might say, dare to dream of another Swedish Eurovision victory? I know there's a lot to come. I know you said she's still got a lot of contenders up against her, of course, and we've still got around sixty days to go until the final. But if Lorene was to do it to match the number of victories that Ireland have already got and bring Eurovision back to Sweden. Uh, what's the plan? <laughs> I'm just going to leave it as vague as that. What's the plan? Oh, God. <laughs> um, well, um, we have hosted it in, in Malmö and in Stockholm. Um, I know that people would want to go to the second largest city in Sweden, Gothenburg, but they still, doesn't, they still don't have a stage that could support it. Uh, you know that, that Melfest comes to, Scandina- uh, to the Arena Scandinavium each year. There, the ceiling could not support what is required for a Eurovision stage. Uh, here it comes again, uh, the, the <laughs> thing with, with, with the ceiling having to be able to support so much light and other things. Uh, so uh, Gothenburg doesn't have an arena for it. And we know that 
Örnsköldsvik, for instance, were interested last time, but I would say that it would most likely be Stockholm again. Here's a question that's been on everyone's lips then. Is it going to be in the Friends Arena, as we saw Melfest in on Saturday night, or is that just not feasible? I'm I'm just happy that, that we're not doing this on, on video because I was making such an ugly face when you said, <laughs> will it be in Friends Arena? I absolutely detest that arena. It's lousy for, it's lousy for music performances. Uh, and as you've already seen, uh, you can't do whatever you want on stage because you get smoke in the screen and, and Lorraine disappears. Uh, there is no better stage for Eurovision than Globem, the globe, where we were the last time. And I am keeping my fingers crossed that if Sweden would win in, in uh, this year and Sweden would host it next year, that people have the sense to keep it in Globem. No, the uh, Friends Arena is too big. It's not a very nice place to be in. And uh, I would say the same for, we have, uh, there's a huge arena next to, next to Globen called Tele2, Tele2. And that's also a little bit too big. Last time we had Eurovision in Sweden, uh, they actually hosted a live broadcast of Eurovision in the Tele2 arena. And that's fine. They can do that. They can continue doing that. But uh, for the actual show, keep it in a little bit of a smaller uh, space. A new record if Eurovision is in Globen in, in 2024. It, it would times. be the third time, yeah. Uh, and you, I, I am sure that you are also going to ask me, so who's going to host it? <laughs> uh, 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 and, and, um, and I know that a lot of fans would love for Petra Mieda to do it again. She is currently closer connected to a competing TV channel, uh, TV4 in Sweden. Uh, but also... Uh, she uh, has so much trouble with her back. So this year, uh, she has actually had to pull out of hosting the Swedish version of Strictly Come Dancing um, because of her back problems. So I think that taking on uh, Eurovision again might not be feasible for her. But on the other hand, Sanna Nilsson uh, has actually posted on Facebook uh, that she is kind of, she, she's waving her hand saying, hello, remember me, I might want, uh, uh, she, she congratulated Lorraine to the victory and then added, and I'm translating now, so what am I dreaming about? Well, hosting Eurovision wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be bad. Uh, so she might very well do it. And she's a really popular TV presenter now in Sweden because she's been a, a regular host of, is it Al Song for, for the past few years as well? So she would be a really popular choice, wouldn't she? Absolutely, absolutely. She, she's hosted that for several years. She's quit that now for the coming season. Uh, so she is very much available for Eurovision. Uh, and people love her both for uh, her performances in, in Melody Festival and Eurovision, of course, but also as a TV host. She did host Melody Festival in a couple of years back. And um, when we were in Stockholm last time, 2016, um, Petra Mede got some issues, had some issues with her back. So Sanna Nilsson was actually rehearsing her parts so that she could stand in for her. Would Petra Mede not be able to do it? Good goss, honestly. Every time you're on this podcast, you deliver. That's great goss. Toby, then the, the, the best 
place for us to end. But this is, I appreciate it, very much us getting ahead of ourselves. Melody Festival in 2024. If Eurovision is to come to Sweden, will we see a raft of old favourites returning to the contest that we've not seen for a while? If it were the, the chance to represent Sweden on home soil. I saw this week Mon Zalmalov was saying he would never say no to coming back again. Well, but Monselmlev has also said that, damn, Lorian, if she wins Eurovision again, uh, then I'm going to have to pull back another couple of years. Uh, you know, because uh, Monselmlev, of, of course, would have... If, okay, so if Lorian would win, she would be uh, the Swedish Johnny Logan. And I would say that that's kind of what Mons wants. <laughs> so if Lorian were to win again now, he would have to push his return back another five or six years. Uh, I think that we might have the same problem as in 2013, uh, that people would be a little bit uh, stunned by the victory and not knowing, okay, what type of song should we have in Melfest? What should we do? What can we do? So I'm not sure we would see all these returning fan favorites. There would be the staple Melfest returnees, definitely, but I'm not sure we would have any uh, any surprises or, or shocks, but rather see the Shirley Clamp or Linda Bengtsing and Jessica Andersson and Magnus Carlsson, uh, um, Lina Hedlund, um, I'm I'm sure we will have uh, several returnees from this year. Kiana, perhaps Maria Sur, perhaps um, Emil Hemron uh, was very clear at the after party that uh, because people are talking about him perhaps hosting Malfest next year, and he's like, "No, I want to return uh, in the competition. I want to win Malfest." But but I I I don't think we should expect the big returnee or surprise acts. Is there a wish list returnee for you for next year? <sighs> you, thought, you thought we were wrapping up the podcast and you could head to bed exactly. soon, didn't you? Yes. And I just thought I'd throw that yeah. in at the end. I, I would absolutely love for Carola to be in it, but I know that she <laughs> won't. Because it's, it's, um, she's done it. She's over it. She loves Melody Festival, and, but she doesn't want to expose herself to that pressure that the competition is so there you go you asked him if he's got a wish list he does but he don't think it's, he doesn't think it's it's gonna happen and he's probably gonna <laughs> oh, leave it there okay, okay, oh, there okay. you go he's got uh, something uh, else uh, yes i'm gonna have a wish list then <laughs> uh, uh returnees i want darin in and i want hannah fermi in they won't happen either but what about you as well? Honestly, I promise we will end this podcast. What about you for wish list host, Toby? Wish list host for for what well, Melfest and and for potential Eurovision because we didn't get a name from you. I I would love for Petra Mierda to return a third time. She would be she's such a star. She's so amazing. And with that, we would of course want Edward of Cilium to do the the show, but. And I, I know so many Eurovision fans have already kind of approached him asking about, oh, will it be you or something? But uh, um, he is um, he's producing uh, musicals. He's, he's writing and directing movies. Uh, he's so busy with so much 
bigger things. Of course, Eurovision is one of the biggest TV shows in the world, but <laughs> but he, he has so much going on. I'm not sure he can actually fit it into his schedule, even though he is a massive fan of the competition. Well, on that cliffhanger, I think yeah. we'll leave it there. Tobiak, thank you for joining us again on uh, on Melfest Monday. And uh, shall we catch up again in Liverpool in May? Very much so. I hope so. Or before. I, I want to be on your show every day and just rambling uh, and never <laughs> stop talking. Well, Toby, if you keep on breaking good news stories about Sweden and, and Melody Vestival, and we'll have you on the podcast every single week. Oh, Toby, it's been really great fun. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So there you have it then. That is almost it for the final Melfest Monday of the 2023 season. James, what a ride, as it always is, but what a ride it's been. Hasn't it just? I was just thinking there, I can't believe that is three years of Melfest Monday done and dusted. It seems just yesterday, you remember when we were first chatting about it, thinking we could do a spin-off series of the Eurotrip just focusing on Melfest. And it sounded like a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a pipe dream. I was going to say, are you going to share that with the listeners? I seem to remember you weren't that sure on the idea. I, yeah, I, I wasn't. Well, I was, I was sure on the idea that it sounded good. I just wasn't sure that we would both either have the time or the resources or the energy to be able to put this together. And I'm still not sure we do, but somehow three years <laughs> later, here we are. Yeah, no, it's been as fun as ever uh, to bring you this extra series this year. It's honestly one of our favourite times of the year. It's our favourite national final. We say this every year. And to focus on it, to speak to the artists, to speak to some of the best journalists in Sweden, uh, to bring you all this coverage is a huge, huge delight. Yeah, a huge thank you to all of the artists that have joined us, everyone that's joined us on this series, but mostly a massive thank you to you for listening, because Mailfest Monday would be nothing without you. We've had more listeners than ever before on this series of Mailfest Monday. You've been listening from all around the world, UK, Sweden, everywhere. So thank you for tuning in and thank you for joining us for the last seven weeks. And please do let us know how much you've enjoyed the series, if you have, because we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We will not be back with you in seven days' time for a brand new episode of Melfest Monday, but rest assured, we will, of course, be back with you on Wednesday for your regular episode of the Eurotrip. We will be starting to look ahead properly to Liverpool, to Eurovision 2023, now that national final season has come to an end. So until we join you on Wednesday, make sure you keep in touch with us online. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. And you can read all of our exclusive stories on EurotripPodcast.com. And as well, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, goodbye. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, 
about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.